Hey, it's BK on the air here, just to let you know that this is a podcast rebroadcast of my live radio show that you can hear Saturdays, 10 a.m. till noon Eastern on 100.3 FM and AM 1450 WBHF. You can stream it at WBHFradio.org or download the free TuneIn app for all of your mobile devices. So let's get started. Let me just push this button here and... Okay, all right. Uh, let's uh, uh, let's try this again. Here we go. Stand by to receive our transmission. Well, hey, it's BK on the air here on AM fourteen fifty and one hundred point three FM WBHF. It's that wonderful show where I like to come on and use long words that I have no idea what they mean. Uh, I mean today. As I think about it, I'm feeling so photosynthesis today. I really am. Alan Sanders is here. Hey, uh, how you doing, buddy? Doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> Dumbass. Right. Long ones, big words. I feel photosynthesis. Cool, I do. It's just so tingly. I love it. You know the... Don't, don't choke on your chocolate chip cookie over there. It's cranberry. Oh, it's cra- I couldn't tell from over here. I'm eating a healthy cookie. Well, I'm <laughs> it's got cranberries in it. That makes it healthy. And it's sweetened with honey. These okay. are honey well, then, cranberries. Then you should eat like 10 of them then. It'd be fine. I uh, <laughs> might. I you know, might, Rabbit. I, I might. I, for, I forgot. There was one thing I didn't I didn't ask you last week, and uh, maybe I will get it out of the way right now. Um, what did you, what did you, and, and by the way, I'm glad you're out there, by the way. We're on here every Saturday from 10 a.m. till noon. Uh, and welcome on the podcast. Did you, what did you get, like in a, really in a nutshell, what did you run through it? What did you get for Christmas? I didn't even ask you last week or, or when we came back well, for the, New Year's Day. The, the one thing I did ask for a lot of, just to make sure that I would be covered. Some peace and quiet was the one peace thing. Peace and quiet. Like, Can I just have quiet? <laughs> And just everybody stop. Some calmness. Um, I uh, I wanted some at least c- camping clothes, like the the clothes that are designed camping to not clothes. Yeah, basically the fabric is made to keep you drier. Like if you sweat, if it's really hot and muggy. Because yeah. when we went to Cumberland Island and it was really hot and muggy, <clears throat> yeah, I had just nothing but cotton t-shirts, and so Ooh. I stayed damp like for four straight oh, yes. days you stayed moist while you were down there oh, that's it's terrible moist. that's terrible it was very good it was like a betty crocker cake <laughs> but <clears throat> i said you know if we're going to keep doing this i at least need some gear so i got some of that yeah i yeah, did yeah, get yeah. an apple watch oh which okay, i was really good. cool yeah. um uh, apple watch but uh, the the, uh, the sports watch yeah. which i thought was really really nice it's i've had fun playing with it <laughs> but you know, like most uh, adults, I got I got a good assortment of new and updated clothing to uh, convince me to get rid of all of my stuff that apparently is inappropriate, and I'm too old to wear. What's inappropriate, and you're too old to wear for T-shirts. example? <laughs> T-shirts. That would, mean, that would mean I'm way past it because I'm older than you, and I still wear them. I know, but but that's according to who, though? I mean, who do we check <laughs> on? That? Hey, look, I already have enough trouble I make on my own. I don't need to get more trouble. You don't need to start her to start listening right the second. Right. No, Wait a minute, I need to turn on the radio. I He's feel talking like about they're me. talking about me. <laughs> well, that's cool because she calls in. She'll be it'll be her. We got a lot to cover today. I got a, uh, we we man, I think last last show was a record because we I think we reviewed more things on the last show than I have since I've been on the air because we'd seen we we'd been you know, watching things through the holidays. And we, Book of Boba Fett, I was able to review The King's Man. If you haven't seen that, you need to see that. It's really good. 
We also reviewed Matrix Resurrections, which we both didn't care for very much. Spider-Man, No Way Home and Hawkeye. So we we got to review quite a, quite a bit. I hit on a little bit and didn't get to talk too much about it, but I got to see the uh, Being the Ricardos, the Lucille Ball movie on Netflix. I almost started to watch that. And it's actually pretty good. Here's I thought it was well done once I got over the initial shock of seeing Nicole Kidman's plastic surgery face, which is very weird looking and you're like this is not the Nicole, the Nicole Kidman I grew up with in the 80s and the early 90s hmm. it's just, she's had something done and I don't know what it is but once you kind of get over that where she really shines as Lucille Ball is her vocal performance the way she sounds you close your eyes you're like that sounds like Lucy and it was an, another one of those voices where I'm like remember how we used to joke about how no one has really successfully done Leonard Nimoy right you, why can't people do Leonard Nimoy's voice I mean people have tried but you know you can do Shatner you can do you can do Divorce Kelly you can imitate a lot of other people people make a living doing it Rich Little did it for years and still does it but I'm like how can you do Lucille Ball she's another one of those voices that's hard to capture Nicole Kidman does it i I got over all the trepidations about it the guy who plays uh ricky ricardo that was in the bond movie skyfall i can't remember his name you know who i'm talking about he was in oh um, he's in no country for old men the the cohen javier bardin he's playing desi arnaz and he looks nothing like desi arnaz but when you watch it his mannerisms and the way he does it it's pulled it's pulled off very well and it's it's once you get into it once you get over the initial shock, at least I did, of Nicole Kidman's appearance, you start to go, okay, I, I'm into this. I get it. And you, do you remember the other couple that lived near Lucy yeah, and Ricky, Fred, Fred Nethel? Uh, Fred is J.K. Simmons, <laughs> and he does a great <laughs> job. When does he not do a great job? He is awesome. He is so good. You know, I only recently saw him in, uh, I think he won an Academy Award for it. Correct me if I'm wrong. The uh, the movie where he's the music teacher. The drum named, teacher? Uh, Whiplash. Did you see that? That's incredible. I don't. I care nothing for jazz. I don't care anything about that stuff. But the movie is so intense, and he gives a performance in it that is a, and he's award not worthy. A likable character. No, he's not. He's one of those people where he thinks he thinks he's got to go over the top and be rude and and throw things at you to bring out the genius in you. And I'm like, okay, I know some people like that. But he that's a great role. He's great in everything he's in. And we know that he showed up for one little quick moment in Ghostbusters Afterlife. Toward the end, as the um, as the architect trying to bring Gozer back, that's in the that's in the glass coffin at the end. That's him in Ghostbusters Afterlife. He talks for the he's the voice of the yellow M and M in the M and M's commercials. Believe it or not, he's the voice of the yellow M and M. That's kind of cool. Every time I hear the yellow M and M, it's J K Simmons, and uh, you know he's, he's J Jonah Jameson now in in, in all all Spider Man <laughs> universes apparently, which is great. He's just he's becoming my favorite character actor now. He's great. He's very very good. Well, he's beyond character, but he does character. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, well. but he's I think he, that's where he shines the most. But yeah, he's and uh, he can do serious as well as comedy and i'd forgotten in the dc universe he's he's he's, uh, he's um commissioner gordon in in uh in some of those yeah which is weird he, Marvel, some of those people <laughs> some of those funny but we got a lot of news coming up i'm going to talk about andrew garfield and toby mcguire how they went into a movie theater and watched spider-man want to see how they looked in their in their roles wound up staying the whole time uh they're they're who's everyone's favorite spider-man actor i've got that from ign they, they took a poll in 1982 it was 40 years ago we'll get on that too when we come back after these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. I'm fed up with scrubbing. Excuse me, but you need Tidy Bowl. Here. Oh, it's you, the Tidy Bowl man. Will this help? Sure. With each flush, Tidy Bowl releases strong cleaners that help keep toilet bowls stain-free. How do I know Tidy Bowl's cleaning? 
The sparkling color tells you that it's working hard. Tidy Bolt's powerful and safe on plumbing. That's great. Comes in lemon fresh blue or pine scented green. With Tidy Bowl, you'll scrub less. Safe on plumbing, too. Super Slurpee. Now at 7-Eleven. It's the biggest, boldest, coldest Slurpee to ever quench a thirst. It's the 32-ounce Super Slurpee. And now, 7-Eleven has a fantastic summer offer. Every Super Slurpee comes in a free plastic Superman 4, the Quest for Peace Movie Collector's Cup. Eight in all, 32 ounces of Super Slurpee and Superman 4 Movie Collector's Cups, only at today's 7-Eleven. Sorry, miss, I was giving myself an oil job. Greetings, fellow classic TV fans. From 1965 to 67, F-Troop ran on ABC for a total of 65 episodes. While the Old West comedy focused on the major comedic talents of its cast, led by Larry Storch and Ken Berry, they also had some pretty funny Native American neighbors in the Hakawi tribe. They claimed to have originally come from Massachusetts, but said they headed west because the pilgrims ruined the neighborhood. The Hakawi took on their name during the migration west after they realized they were lost. Thus, the term, where the heck are we, became we're the Hikawi. The writers initially wanted to call them the Fugawi, but the censors got the joke. Actor Frank Dakova played the chief, claiming they were the proud descendants of cowards. He'd even had his name changed from Yellow Chicken to Wild Eagle. The great Edward Everett Horton appeared in the first season as the medicine man Roaring Chicken, son of Sitting Duck. Horton, of course, was the recognizable narrator of Rocky and Bullwinkle's fractured fairy tales. Well, F-Troop surely fractured some fairy tales of the Old West, but they sure knew how to make it funny in the process. For BK on the Air, this is Pat McCormick with the Golden Rage of TV. There we go. Pat McCormick. He hey, actually Pat. checked in with us. He's he's one of those guys where you hear Pat talk and he just sounds like he's smiling. We've said yeah. it before and we'll say it again. You know, I used to try to – I watched F Troop a little bit as a kid, but I haven't got to watch it since then. And to me, it was one of those colorful – Fun sitcoms, kind of like Gilligan's Island. You know, mm-hmm. this is that that fantasy world because you're like, oh, they're they're and during the, the during the um, the Civil War, and it was supposed to be you know well, like a, fighting the Indians in the and stuff. And it was it was all comedy stuff that would never happen. Like Gilligan's Island is fantastical comedy too. But I, I need to try to watch it again just to see because my dad was a big fan of F Troop. Did it, it was start in black stuff. and white? Though? It did. Yeah, it was okay. another one that started in black and white. So Pat McCormick bringing your classic television to you every Saturday. I want to give a big shout out too to um, another guy who talks about classic retro movies and television productions and does it very well his name is dave sudstrom and he's a friend of pat mccormick's and pat appears on his podcast a lot and i was actually listening to some of dave's uh, dave's podcast that he does he does live youtube videos and i was listening the other night and he mentioned me and i'm like well thanks <laughs> i appreciate you mentioning because you know pat's on there and it's kind of a it talks to him about things that he, where he appears and stuff and um, he actually tells people he can catch pat on my show and I, be, I gave a big plug to him it's that whole podcast pat each other on the back mentality i just i just love that there's there's no i don't i don't sense any competition especially if you're talking about the same genre of stuff there is no you know don't listen to this guy listen to me or whatever right. there's not there's none of that that appears in a lot of other entertainment things like that uh podcast people and and people that talk about things like that want to tell you about other people that do it because it's just what we do 
I mean, we do that. You do it. Yeah, it's definitely like else. it's definitely a much more uh, cooperative environment among fellow podcasters. You get the sense of, hey, you know, whatever I can do to help you and vice versa. It's just sort of a we're all in it together. Well, we also like to talk movies here at BK on the Air, and uh, it's no joke. Once, once in a while. It's no secret that Alan and I love motion pictures in the entertainment field we may not like their attitudes that they have about <laughs> things sometimes and the uh the narcissistic way they they act in a lot of ways but i mean we're not that way there's no way that we're still oh look i broke a nail oh, look. <laughs> look at that oh jeez you look literally at just I broke looked a at nail. your nail i did I hate that. But anyway, let's get back to talking. Spider-Man No Way Home continues to uh, break post-pandemic uh, box office records. And it's still uh, a, a gauge that I, sh- that I see that that's happening is I'll drive around when a movie's out. And I, if I haven't seen crowds at a theater in a long time, and all of a sudden when I drive by movie theaters that are local and the and the parking lot is packed, I know that they're going to see something because they haven't been packed for a while. And they're still packed because people are going to see Spider-Man No Way Home. I have a, a story here from Bu- Ben Henry at BuzzFeed. There's spoilers in this, too, by the way, but it's almost three weeks. Cause the movie's been out almost over, over three weeks now, so if you don't want to hear any spoilers, I think the... I don't know. No, I'm not even going to tell you not to listen. I don't even <laughs> like saying that. I don't even like those words coming out of my mouth. Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, it's no secret now that they're both in the movie as their prospective Spider-Man from, from Sony Productions past. They snuck into a movie theater to watch No Way Home on opening night, and I thought this was a cool story. It turns out playing Spider-Man doesn't stop you from being a fan of the movies, as Andrew Garfield recently revealed that he snuck in to a screening of No Way Home with none other than his fellow web-slinger, Tobey Maguire. In an interview with Entertainment Tonight, Andrew said that he and Tobey decided to sneak into the movie theater on opening night without anybody realizing they were there. Quote, I snuck into a theater on opening night and just watched with my baseball cap on and my mask, he explained. (laughs) In fact, I was also with Tobey. Me and Tobey snuck into a theater together and no one knew we were there. It was just really a beautiful thing to share together unquote of course if you've already seen no way home you'll know that both both of them reprise their roles as spider-man joining tom holland's peter parker for a bit of a multiverse madness before the multiverse of madness and, and it's not a cameo either their their roles are pretty big i thought it might have been a cameo, yeah they, but you not. would argue you can't solve the problem of the movie without them right i'm glad that they brought him in uh, and, and it didn't take it much to get andrew on board with the 38 year old revealing he was sold from the very beginning andrew garfield is 38 years old now by the way I, that that kind of hit me off well he always too. looked a little too old to play the part in the first place well a lot of people said toby mcguire looked too old too i didn't so think I'm so like, he I'm always like, had that boyish look quote i wasn't expecting to ever have a conversation again after potentially playing peter parker he said in a recent interview with variety i felt very excited to just be a fan again but i got a call from amy pascal and kevin uh feige and john watts with this idea it was an immediately undeniable unquote that he says it sounded incredibly fun incredibly spiritual trippy and thematically interesting, he added. On a base level, as a Spider-Man fan, just the idea of seeing the Spider-Men in the same frame was enough, unquote. Now, the three superheroes immediately bonded on the set. That's cool, because they were supposed to be friends on on, the, on camera as the three Peter Parkers. Mm-hmm. So they became buddies on the set. And, of course, they recreated the Spider-Man pointing to each other meme that's been out there on, on uh, in social media forever. But Andrew revealed that they also had deeper conversations about their characters and experiences of playing the superhero. Quote, I think the first time we were all together in the suit, it was... Now, I don't think they shared one suit. I think all three in a <laughs> in suit. In their suits. Yeah. The it, was, it was hilarious because it's just like three ordinary dudes who were just actors hanging out, he said. But then also, you just become a fan, too, and say... 
oh my God, we're all together in the suits and we're doing this pointing thing at each other like, you're Sp- oh no, you're Spider-Man, no, you're Spider-Man, unquote. One thing that stood out in Andrew's candid interview with Variety was the revelation that he improvised a line in the movie telling Tom and Toby he loved them and how he was actually getting, actually feeling while the trio were working together. There's a scene where they're all together and he goes, wait, I just want to tell you guys something. You know, I, re- I love you guys. <laughs> it was kind of a funny moment when he... Garfield said that to the other Peter Parker, and they were like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, okay, <laughs> sure. And it's great. And that was an improvised line on the set. And I think it's great when directors, when the screenwriters and directors don't really have that big of an ego and an actor wants to do that, and it's good, they go, sure, mm-hmm. we'll leave that in. It's, you know, not just anything, because I'm sure sometimes improvisation are best left on the cutting room floor, especially when it comes to language, as we know. <laughs> All in all, Andrew said he was so grateful for the opportunity to step back into the role of Spider-Man, particularly as he was able to tie up some loose ends from his own franchise with Sony. In The Amazing Spider-Man 2, as we know, Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker is unable to save Gwen Stacy, who dies after falling from the clock tower, faced with a similar situation in No Way Home. Andrew got some redemption when he was able to save MJ from a similar fate. Quote, I'm just really grateful that I got to tie up some loose ends for the Peter Parker that I was playing. I love that character, and I'm grateful that I got to work with these incredible actors, this incredible director, and Marvel in conjunction with Sony. He finished by saying, It was joy- joyful and a feeling of closure for me. There were so many unanswered questions for my Peter Parker. Where we left it, I got to step back in and get some healing for him. So that's a great article. I love that. I like Andrew Garfield. He's not my favorite. He wasn't my favorite Spider-Man in those two Spider-Man films. The first one is better than the second one. Yeah. The second Spider-Man... To me, with Electro, with, I think it was Electro was in the second one with Jamie Foxx and his uh, Harry becomes the Green Goblin in it. I know why I didn't like the second one because there's a pair of uh, there's a pair of screenwriters that I really don't care for when they write a movie, and you may you may know their names when I say it. Uh, Robert Orci O R C I or I think that's how you spell his name, and Alex Kurtzman. I don't know if you, those names ring a bell, but the they worked out, they wrote the Star Trek movies that J.J. Abrams did. But everything else they've had a hand in, I just have never liked their type of screen their their, their screenwriting. I've never been a fan of, and I'm not a fan of that uh, of the second Sp- Spider-Man movie that he did. I also think it was funny when they looked at, at Andrew Garfield in in the in No Way Home, and they both said, "You know, you're you're amazing. You are amazing." <laughs> and they're making fun of. They're not making fun of it, but that was the name of his movies, The Amazing the Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man. which was the name of the original comic. So, so I was waiting so for I them to go. Was great. But you're spectacular. You're spectacular. I was like, "Whoa, okay, come on." <laughs> now we can't really say web of because that really wouldn't work. So it's another right. comic. So so yeah. So there's another uh, there's another Spider-Man story. I actually have yet another one here. Since we're talking about Spider-Man, let's do this one too. I think we got time before the bottom of the hour. Let's try to squeeze it in from IGN.com. Spider-Man Face-Off, the winner has been revealed. Who really is everyone's favorite neighborhood Spider-Man? Now, everyone has their own opinion who's who their favorite, favorite Spider-Man. I've even ran to a couple of people online that like Nicholas Hammond from the CBS television <laughs> series that Marvel did. You know, and he was in uh, Sound of Music as the oldest trap kid in that. But in Bum celebration trap. of the theatrical release of Spider-Man No Way Home... IGN asked you to help decide which version of Spider-Man was the most amazing and spectacular, there we go, of them all. Now, after thousands and thousands of web-slinging battles with matchups like Tom Holland's Peter Parker versus Miles Morales from the Spider- Spider-Verse and Gwen Stacy versus Spider-Ham, the ultimate Spider-Man has been chosen. Who do you think it is? Alan, you want to take a guess? At least in this uh. thing. Coming up on a break here, so I'm probably ready. because Wait. as long as it was and because of how well he did it, Toby Maguire. Who claimed the top prize? Well, you know what? With a 91.3% win percentage, 
We will tell you after the break. Oh, my God. Okay. I'll tease it. Hey, the FM, some of the FM talk show guys do that. They're like, oh, I want to tell you, tease this and make you come back after a break. Uh, I'll do that. We'll find out who your winner of the well, guess what? Idol if you're right after this. If you're, listen, if you're listening on the podcast, you won't have to wait but just a few seconds. <laughs> so, but here on the radio, we have to take a break. So we'll take a break. They did, they did poll a lot of people from every person who's played Peter Parker as Spider-Man. So just as a clue, it's been the air. If I can only get unstuck, I'll be swinging at one of my most fearsome foes next week. We'll return after these messages. There's only one Tic Tac, the original Mouthwag. Daddy bought me the best mints money can buy, but nothing matches the whack of a Tic Tac. I drifted for a while, lozenges, breath mints, but you can't beat the old whack. There are lots of substitutions, but there's only one taste sensation like Tic Tac, the original mouth whack. Now there's a Tic Tac with berry on one side and cherry on the other. The Tic Tac Double Whack Pack. Hey, what do you love about fresh in a gum? Freshen up, freshens breath with a tingly liquid center. One bite squirts refreshment all over your breath. Freshen your breath with freshen up. Freshen up. Your gum nickels squirt. Stop that squirt. It's BK on there here having a good time every Saturday dispensing nostalgic geeky talk and monkey business and <laughs> whatever I whatever I do is like, hey, you're I, I want to tell those teachers that I grew up in school that said, You're not gonna amount to anything. What are you what are you gonna do when you grow up? And I'd like to say to all of them right now that they were absolutely right. But they were good teachers. They were really but nice. Still having fun. They were talking. I also I love having fun. That was one of the things that I wanted to do. I said when I grow old, I just when I get older, I do at least want to be having fun doing something. So I did satisfy that requirement, which mm. is great. But it's time that we flash the audience of the news, the weird, the strange, and the bizarre. And you don't have to look too far to get those stories, and I bring them in every Saturday. Yeah, and but Alan's this one guy. is a very cool news. It's a cool one? Yeah. yeah. What is, yeah. Well, if it's, it's a, a story I'm thinking it. of based on the first line, uh, from UPI, a dog is being hailed as a hero after it led New Hampshire police to the mangled truck its owner had been driving with a friend when he crashed. Lassie! What is it, girl? What? He, we need to bring some rope? Okay. I love that. I love when I they can always tell. I was amazed on Lassie. I'm like... The dog knows how to convey the, something to the humans, and the humans understand the dog. And, and people don't understand that when they come and visit me at my home and the dog is in the living room, and they, they're got. can you ask your dog not to so-and-so and so-and-so? I'm like, no, dog lives here. You don't. <laughs> exactly. And they're like, your dog is stupid. I'm like, oh, really? My dog understands english and dog what do you understand just english right so he is smarter than you he's very good so don't 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 well i got two dog stories in the flashes here so i feel the same way people you don't want to be around dogs don't come to my house Yeah, don't come to my house and and they're not offensive they don't hurt you so i don't Hmm. know what the deal is according to new hampshire uh, new hampshire state police a trooper and lebanon police officers responded to a report of a loose german shepherd on i-80 on i-89 in the new hampshire vermont border right in the lebanon 
And when right you say, in the area of Lebanon. When you Monday. say loose German shepherd, you don't mean they were dressed provocatively or anything like that? No, not that. too Taking loose. Taking drugs. No. They weren't, okay. Dressed appropriately. Like a, like a typical German shepherd. Loose running around, okay. <laughs> uh, in this case, uh, when officers tried to get close to the dog, it refused to be corralled and continued to run northbound and then crossed over the state line into Vermont. A short time later, the trooper and officers found a damaged section of guardrail near the I-89, I-91 junction. According to officers, the, uh, they uh, observed a badly damaged pickup truck that had rolled over. As the officers investigated further, they realized that both occupants of the of the pickup had been ejected from the vehicle and were hypothermic and seriously injured. So the dog helped bring the police over to that accident. As if you and I needed another reason to love dogs. Yeah, we don't, but sure, let's add one. What 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 would uh, my dad used to go, what would we have done had we not domesticated the wolf and had the horse in our lives in mankind? Who knows? How much has the dog and the horse done for us just since the dawn of man? Yeah. You know, I think it. I think it's great. Now, I don't know when that actual moment was where. Okay, now we have dogs. <laughs> They're not wolves <laughs> and anymore. Pets. I know it's a long process, but there's there's a there's a meme floating around on Facebook. I thought was funny. It shows uh, the wolves are like. Oh, so they they want to domesticate us, you know? Uh, what could be the worst that could happen if they domest- domesticate us in uh, in several thousand years? Then it switches to a photo of a little Dotson wearing a sweater, and he's like, "Oh, <laughs> it's that's bad." I got the next news. UKI. Oh, right up our alley. A rare copy of Marvel Comics, The Incredible Hulk number one, smashed a world record. Hulk smash record. When it auctioned for four hundred and ninety grand. Nice. Now for a piece of paper printed on newspaper kind of thing, paper, comic book, that's a lot of money. When I think it was what, ten, fifteen cents when it came out new. ComicConnect.com, which handled the sale, said the comic book, which was sold to an anonymous buyer, is a rare object for collect. The auction comic is made all the more rare by its 9.0 very fine near mint quality grading. That means 9.0 very fine near mint. That means it's kind of still glossy and the, the staples haven't rusted and it looks really, really good to be that old. I mean, a lot of these old ones you see, I have some older ones in my older collection that I've got. And they're, they look they're pretty worn. ratty, but they're readers. I can get out and read them and I'm not collecting them to resell them. But this is a pretty... 9.0. That's that's really cool. Zerzolo said there's only seven copies of the same issue known to exist with higher ratings than that. So there's some that look better than that. And extremely rare to find one offered for sale. They said the sale represents the highest price ever paid for a copy of The Incredible Hulk Number 1. He said the sale is part of a growing trend in vintage comic book sales. Well, thank goodness, because for a long time, comics were pretty stagnant in their sale. I mean, believe it or not, Back in the, I think it was the 90s, did you know that Marvel Comics was uh, filing bankruptcy? Back That's in the why mid to Sony and Spider-Man yeah. in their property. They auctioned off some of their, uh, they sold off some of their property, and they're regretting it now, but at the time they had to, or they wouldn't have been sold. Well, they wouldn't it. have been around to do what they've done. That's right, but, and thank goodness they are. For I've sake. got the next news. Really enjoying it, I'm telling you. A Texas weightlifter set a new world record when he bench-pressed 1,125 pounds at a powerlifting competition. So, according to the story... Uh, Wow. Call him Tiny. (laughs) That's his name? And his last name is Meeker. (laughs) You can't 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 make this up. No, you can't. I want to see his birth certificate. Tiny Meeker, age 50, a (laughs) 26-time champion powerlifter, bench-pressed... 1,125 pounds at the IPA National Powerlifting Championship in New York, Pennsylvania, in York, Pennsylvania, setting a new world record for the sport. 
Meeker, who runs the Metroflex Houston Gym in Kingwood, Texas, with strength nutritionist Nathan Payton, said his latest accomplishment is also one of the most meaningful to him. Meeker said he was left injured after three car accidents in 2017. After three. Wow. Not one. Yeah. What's, what's the quote in Outlaw Josie Wales that they say? You endeavor to persevere. And that's that's it right there. He was then hospitalized with atrial fibrillation in 2019. More Meeker problems. said he took some time to heal. And the IPA National was the only second competition he's done since 2017. To me, it was unfinished business. I wanted to be the first guy and still to be the first guy to bench 1,200 pounds. Ooh. Meeker said he's planning to attempt that feat in February of this year. Just think about think of how much how much weight that is. 1,200 pounds. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Bench pressing that. That's... Taking it off the bar... First of all, you got to get a bench that's going to hold you. Pulling it to your chest and pumping it up and putting it back on the... That's that's about eight of me. That's a lot. <laughs> that's like me being on a big piece of slab of wood and eight of me standing up there, and he's just he's picking all of me up. You know? I, he's a superhero. That's crazy, crazy, isn't it? And you know, isn't it weird how some of the... You watch the strongman competitions. You've seen them before on those channels. How strongman competition, the look of those guys... Look nothing like the weightlifters, like the bodybuilders. They right. look. They have two different body types. The, the, the strongman competition. They those guys look like truck drivers. <laughs> you know, I, right. they really do for most part. They look thick and some would say fat, but they're not. But the weightlifters, they're just toned like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Lou Ferrigno. Right. You know, they're they're bodybuilders and whatnot. And they can pick up weights, but they're t- two totally different types of strong. Right. Which is weird, and I very different. And if they if if a couple of them were get into a wrestling match or a fight or something, I'm betting on the the. The strong man. I think those guys are probably stronger than the the weightlifters. But the weightlifters are are more yeah. attractive. You know, Andre the Giant could take Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, and pick him up over his head. <laughs> Literally, he would have beaten him up. Andre the Giant could cover up Arnold Schwarzenegger's face with his hand. I mean, his hands were like <laughs> ginormous. Didn't he? He played one of the. Um, he played Bigfoot on Six Million Dollar Man. Remember that? And then later, I think I can't remember if it was who played him first. Um, Ted Cassidy, who played Lurch on the Adams Family, played him once. Or played him in some of the episodes, and then Andre played him in some of the other episodes. And I can't remember who who came first, the chicken or the Andre, the giant or the egg. I don't know which one. I just know Andre the giant. You talk about how big his hand is when they were filming Princess Bride, the eel scene. <laughs> yeah, and uh, what's her name uh, was cold. Yeah, he just put his hand on her head and like it covered her whole head <laughs> yeah. and just kept it almost like a hat. Uh, did you ever see the photo? It's a behind the scenes. Robin Wright, sh- the, uh, who was great in Wonder Woman, the behind the scenes shot of Conan the Destroyer, the sequel to Conan the Barbarian with mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, you know that uh, I don't know why Andre the Giant was on the set. He may have played a creature in the film, but he's standing there behind the scenes with Arnold and Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain is in it too. Arnold's tiny compared to those two guys. Did you see the scene where they're yeah. picking him up between their arms? That's that's no small feat. You it know, makes you feel like wow. Yeah. So all the camera tricks to make Arnold look massive, and here's these other guys that make him look tiny. He's a dwarf. It's became there. Well, at least inside them, he is. We'll return after these announcements. Premiering Friday after Wonder Woman, it's the all-new Incredible Hulk. A radiation experiment has unleashed the ultimate mutation, turning David Banner into a superhuman beast whenever he becomes angered. 
Bill Bixby stars in The Incredible Hulk, premiering Friday at 9, 8 Central and Mountain. The world looks mighty good to me, cause Tootsie Rolls are all I see. Whatever it is I think I see, becomes a Tootsie Roll to me. Tootsie Roll, how I want you chocolate eat and chew. Tootsie Roll, I think I'm in love with you. Whatever it is I think I see, becomes a Tootsie Roll to me. Hey, we're back. It's BKM here on AM 1450, 100.3 FM. WBHF. I do want to pay off something that I did. I got one more news flash, but yes, the person to win the uh, the the voting on who's who's your favorite Spider-Man with a ninety-one point three percent win percentage, Toby McGuire, Peter Parker from the Sam Raimi trilogy of films, has claimed victory over all other Spideys by winning nineteen thousand five hundred and fifty-seven of his twenty-one thousand four hundred and twenty-six battles that they put together. Now. A lot of people are pushing for him to have another movie made, his Spider-Man 4. A lot of people are pushing for another Andrew Garfield movie. Whatever they decide to do, Sony, I think it will be fine because uh, No Way Home was so great and seeing them all together again. And someone's calling on the line right now. Hey, it's BK on there. Hello. Oh, is this Barry King? It is. Hey, it's Mike Mann from Star Wars Extra. We got your Star Wars Extra report coming up after the top of the next hour, but I think I have a good idea why you are calling in. Oh, could it be... um Something not Star Wars related, maybe uh, Marvel related. <laughs> well, you know they're all domed uh, by Disney, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> maybe, maybe you did get to go see it, and you couldn't wait. You texted me uh, the other night and told me uh, I told you you were going to like it. We talked a little bit about it off uh, off the air on the phone, but uh, yeah, give us your give us your little Reader's Digest review of it. What'd you think? Well, I mean, I could get crap for this, but. Like, knowing what we know already from the Marvel Universe, from all the Marvel movies they've made, this, to me, tops all of them. Well, you know, I don't think you're going to get any crap from a lot of people because a lot of people think that. James Install with Geek to Me Radio thinks exactly as you do. Alan and I are certainly on board with you uh, on, on the fact that we think it is the best Tom Holland Spider-Man film that they've made so far. And it, and it is ranks way up there in the MCU. We thought it was fantastic, too. I mean, it brought us older folks' childhood. Oh, I don't. I want to say childhood because I wasn't a child when I saw Spider-Man with Toby. But it brings all those good feels back with Toby. You know, a lot of people weren't that great and weren't, you know, cool that much with uh, Andrews. I loved. I thought they were good. You know, I like Spider-Man though. But I mean, yeah, they <clears throat> they knocked it out of the park, man. I mean, to bring all them back, to bring Andrew back. And make everybody not dislike his Spider-Man anymore. Well, that's what it did for you know me. What I'm yeah, that's what it did for me. I, I wasn't yeah, a big fan yeah. of his films, but yeah, he was spectacular in this, or he's amazing. He was amazing in this film. So yes, he was. Yeah. He really uh, was. When he caught Mary Jane or well, MJ Michelle, yeah, MJ. When he caught her, and like the smile on his face. That I saw a video of somebody filming that in the theater. And the crowd went insane. Yeah, very, was, very well done. They could have just telling you that they could have botched <laughs> it up. I mean, it was a huge thing to try to do. But I'm thinking, you know, I should just sit back and trust the people at Marvel, at the MCU, and all those guys in, at the helm. 
to know what they're doing. Well, I'm glad that you got to see it. Glad that you got to call in because yeah. you said you would call in live and talk about it. And your segment is coming up right after the top of the hour, uh, Star Wars Extra. Everybody will be tuned in to listen to it, buddy. And I appreciate you being there every Saturday with that. We're all doomed when Kevin Feige retires. When Kevin Feige and and, and John Favreau kind of retire, yeah, we, they need to replace them with <laughs> someone just as good. But it's going to be a hard order to fill. Oh, yeah, those are some giant hulk size shoes man <laughs> they are yeah. oh. the uh you guys were talking about the the big guy versus the muscle muscular guy right right well i used to deliver furniture and i was a tank but i was not muscular but i could probably lift up the end of a car so i know exactly what you're talking about and i do believe mm-hmm. the big heavyweight builder or uh lifter could take out the real muscular guy. Oh, yeah, for sure. I used to deliver furniture as well, and I know the feeling. We did pick up a car once. Our buddy drove a Volkswagen Beetle, and he was parked uh, in a certain (laughs) space, and we actually did pick up the back, uh, the front of the car, which is the trunk, the engine's not there, and turned it, like, sideways in the uh, the parking space. You know, we we shouldn't have done that, but uh, I think I saw spots, and my left arm started to hurt and tingle after I did it. I shouldn't have done it, but we did it, yeah. At, At one time, I picked up and carried... To the backyard of a house, a couch by myself. Wow! But it, it was one of those little grainy couches, you know. It was like balsa wood and a little bit of tissue paper. Still, but still I could say I picked up a couch and carried. <laughs> we we can't do that so much now, but we can we can sit on a couch really good in the living room now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I can I can really hold a couch down now, even a even a reclining sofa. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is going nowhere with ease. <laughs> Well, take care, buddy. I appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, Barry, you guys take care, man. We'll see you guys. See All right, Michael, be safe out there. Bye. Mike Mann from Star Wars Extra. Yeah, he said he was going to call in because he did go see it, and he was asking me questions before he went to see it, and he's like, uh, I said, well, do you want me to spoil it for you? I mean, what do you He's like, he goes, I just, I just want to know one answer to one question and you can say yes or no when i say this i'm like okay it's all you want to know okay what is it and this is on the phone like you know the night after i saw it he goes toby mcguire totally <laughs> said so and, I, and i went yes he's like oh yeah and he just was having a fit on the other side of the phone yes that's all he wanted to know and he yeah, asked me great. and i told him so and it I wasn't on the highly air. suspected but i didn't see a <laughs> single spoiler didn't read a single good spoiler. for you yeah and uh and i was glad that it was actually andrew that shows up first yeah because you know they were kind of saving it you know mm-hmm. and not all at once you know but it wasn't just but a few minutes later that, that, that toby comes in so <laughs> i yeah. gotta tell you that scene when he's like how do we know you're real yeah. Yeah. Crawl on the ceiling. I'm not yeah. gonna crawl on the ceiling. Like, crawl on the ceiling. I'm not gonna crawl on the ceiling. <laughs> but she, she, so he throw, hops up she with throws pieces of paper at him or something. You know, he has one hand. To... He's like, "In this enough?" He goes, "No." no. It's like he's hanging from his fingertips. <laughs> he's like, "Okay, fine." And then the yeah. old woman comes on. I was like, "Ah, Dios mio!" It's just great. <laughs> it was. It was like I told you after you saw it. You texted me. You know, and it was because you and I'll text each other when we've just seen something and coming out of the theater. Everybody asks me, "What are you doing? You come out there?" I'm texting howling. <laughs> Texting Alan, you know, I got. Go he wants me this. to tell him <laughs> when uh, it, it couldn't have been. I don't know that it could. They could have been better. I mean, they, they did. They didn't go overboard. They didn't ruin anything. They 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 handled it with their own Marvel Cinematic Universe professionalism, which I thought was well done, which is great. Believe it or not, I have one more news. 
And this, this is another animal story. A horrific Christmas find turned into five new forever homes for a litter of puppies left in a duffel bag abandoned at an Oklahoma Quick Trip gas station on oh. this past Saturday, last Saturday, according to authorities. See, I hear stuff like this, and I just beside myself with yeah. uh, with, with anger. Someone allegedly zipped the pups up and dumped the bag on the store's counter on Christmas Day. At least they didn't throw it in the garbage can. Uh, the Tulsa Police Department said in a statement, so four responding officers from the Mingo Valley Division and a store worker rescued and adopted the five of them. So between the Quick Trip employees and the cops, they're all adopted. Good. By those, all of those people. City animal control workers said the officers chose to adopt the animals directly and did not go through their office. That cut out the middleman. A veterinary partner with the Oklahoma Alliance for Animals estimated that they were about five weeks old. So you know, oh, don't I don't want to sound like Bob Barker, but if you don't want puppies, there's a way to stop that. Well, number one, there's a way to stop it, and if they're already there, there's a way to there's a place to take them. Mm-hmm. They'll be cared for, and probably good chance of them being adopted because you know, like like children being adopted, sort of. If I can use the analogy comparison, kids and a lot of people for some reason, not me, because I, in my older age i want an older more seasoned dog that's a little more of an adult we know why i don't want to go through that puppy chewing phase anymore which i've gone through that but a <laughs> lot of people want three puppies. years old yeah I'm, a lot of people still want puppies you know mm-hmm. they'll, they'll, sometimes they want more than one and i went down the rabbit hole i saw that and i started going on youtube last night and i started watching videos of kids getting puppies as gifts like maybe a christmas present mm-hmm. or something like that and it's so interesting to see i understand when adults get emotional and and you don't know what I didn't think crying tears of joy hit you till you became an adult. I'm like, oh, when you're adult and you cry, crying is usually what equated with sadness. Mm-hmm. You, you you cry, you have tears, your eyes well up, and you and you and you cry. Well, adults do that or have been known to do that when they're happy, and and even as a kid, I'm like, why is that person crying when they won a million dollars? That's that should be happy. Well, I found these videos of kids, and they're granted they're anywhere between three years old up to twelve, up to twelve and thirteen years old, opening that little box. Which you know the dog is it isn't in there long. The videos of them in a box. The the dog's not in there for a long time. They just take the top off. There's the puppy. These kid, these little kids started crying tears of joy, mm-hmm. and I thought that's great. That's I've got awesome. a video recording of when Lexi all she wanted was a Labrador. And we really? got her a Labrador puppy, and That's great. we put her on her bed. And I've got a video where I'm sitting there. I'm like, "Get in here!" She had just come home from school. I was like, "Get in here!" She goes, Uh-oh. "What?" Oh, like, you I, thought she was in trouble. I need you That's to explain terrible. this. She goes, "What?" I'm like, "In your room right now. Terrible. Explain what's on your bed." She comes around the corner Uh-oh. and sees Riley, and she's like, "Oh my god!" Starts crying. <laughs> That's great, though. You got a puppy. There's like a 15 minute video of just kids getting puppies for 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 gifts and they and they're doing that. You know my favorite videos so. though when I stumble across is where the husky puppy sees the newborn and the family has photo documented over the next like 6 years and right. they see that the puppy was playing with and then watching over and now they play together. Oh, I love it when when dogs like grow dogs up with children. Up with the kid. Yeah. It's like, "Oh my god." And you know they instantly bond and they'll you know if, if yeah. they're a certain type of breed, you know, they'll protect that kid for the rest. It's the it's the best burglar alarm you could ever have is something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, unless they're a a golden retriever who are just like, "Oh, you're coming in to rob the house. Okay, come on in. Do you yeah. got something to me to eat?" Yeah, labs. <laughs> that lovely. Like, okay.
Hi, a new friend. Why are you wearing black and carrying and tools? And the German shepherd that's in the house with the golden lab is like, don't you understand? He's here to rob the place. Why don't you do yeah, something? My Help German shepherd here. is going to be like, uh, move over. This is my job. <laughs> Let me take over here. You're the kid-friendly one. <laughs> I protect the house. The shepherd's like, I like kids. They're okay. But, you know, I don't I like, like kids. They're, they're tender. <laughs> But the cannibals, cannibals that, that that ate the tourists, and they're like, well, they were they were they had a really uh, hard outer shell, but the the, the, the metal's very tender. <laughs> Once you break them open, <laughs> that's terrible. That's a Benny Hill joke from a Benny Hill. Gamey, yeah, it's, it's me down there. Yeah, we got more silliness coming up. Believe it or not, when we come back, ten things the '80s produced from 1982. We'll talk about that on this day in history and Star Wars extra as well. Come on back. We'll return after these messages. Get a little closer. Closer. Now don't be shy. Closer. You can get, you can get a little closer. closer. With Arid Extra Dry. Only Arid has this patent on an aluminum chlorhydrate formula. It fights wetness, and no leading deodorant spray stops odor better. Get a little closer. With Arid Extra Dry. Arid fights wetness. No leading deodorant spray stops odor better. Boy, did I have a dream. You always do, Paul. This time, I was an astronaut. <laughs> I was. You know what my rocket was made of? A husk of corn. A husk of corn? And when I landed on the moon, the husk opened and out came... Pulse Toasties. Dream paper. <laughs> Those post toasties were so crackling with fresh corn flavor, I invited the moon people to have some. Boy, what a dream. Andy, are you down to earth? Yeah, ain't be. You know, these post toasties are real good anywhere. And now, back to the guy who secretly thinks J.J. Abrams did the best job with any Star Trek movie, but hey, he'll never admit shut it. shut up. It's BK on the air. Lighten up, Francis. <laughs> Welcome to Star Wars Extra, bringing you the latest from across the Star Wars galaxy. I'm your host, Darth Skippy. Happy New Year, and a happy new year it truly is for Star Wars fans. The long wait is finally over, my friends. The Book of Bubba Fett is finally with us, and undoubtedly one that's worth every second of the long wait. The first episode debuted late last year and began with a rebirth, if you will, of the iconic Bubba Fett as he made his way from the Sarlacc Pit after the skirmish and Return of the Jedi, which saw the death of the notorious crime lord Jabba the Hutt. The series explores what happens next to Fett as he becomes a captive of the unique tribe of Tusken Raiders, while also displaying scenes from the series present day where Fett, with his sidekick Fennec Shan, began to assert the takeover of the former Hutt crime lord's empire on Tatooine. With absolutely brilliant cinematography and over 100 callbacks and references to the episode released to date, The Book of Bubba Fett is currently on the long speeder course to become an instant classic. The Book of Bubba Fett starring Tamora Morrison and Ming-Na Wen is currently streaming exclusively on Disney Plus every Wednesday. I've heard your voice thousands of times. Mine might be the last one you hear. Next, we look at the titles confirmed for release in the upcoming year. The second phase of the High Republic literary series has begun with the release of Claudia Gray's latest novel and masterpiece, The Fallen Star. The Obi-Wan Kenobi series is in its final post-production phase, and it is said to be released on either March or May of this year. Starring Ian McGregor That's and Hayden Christensen, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series will be released in its entirety, which is awesome. 
Andor, starring Diego Luna, is also set to debut in 2022. An odd fact has surfaced as Andor Season 3 has already been confirmed. This can only mean that the 12 episodes originally set for the Season 1 will be split in half to make two separate seasons. The Bad Batch Season 2 animated series will also make its way into this year's lineup as Clone Force 99 continue to evade the newly formed Empire and their fallen brother, Crosshair, while continuing to find their place outside of being soldiers. And the year will most likely wind down with the release of The Mandalorian Season 3. This season will be of particular interest since Din Djarin successfully completed his mission of uniting Grogu with another Jedi, Luke Skywalker himself. I like it. Thank you, Darth Skippy. And in our finale segment for this episode, which we will call Sources Say, we look at a few unconfirmed but promising news and leaks. So here we go. Harrison Ford has allegedly been seen filming on the set of The Book of Boba Fett. It is also rumored that his legendary character will be de-aged for the time period, much like Luke Skywalker's appearance in the season finale of Mandalorian Season 2. Amelia Clark is also rumored to be making an appearance in the series, returning as the leader of the Crimson Dawn Syndicate and Han Solo's childhood love interest, Lady Kira. And finally, the classic Jedi Fallen Order video game is said to be returning with a second installment with the official announcement said to be forthcoming later this year. April, to be exact, sources say. Based on the previously mentioned releases and speculations, 2022 will absolutely be a year where Star Wars fans will not go without for very long. That's all the time we have this week. This episode was written by Droylag Media, exclusively for Star Wars Extra. Be sure to tune back in next week for all the latest and greatest in Star Wars. For Star Wars Extra, I'm Mike Mann, and now... Back to BK on the air. Thank you, Mike Man, with Star Wars Extra. Always fun to hear what's going on in the world of Star Wars. And now with the Book of Boba Fett being on uh, Disney Plus, everybody's having a good Star Wars time again, enjoying that show. And I'm enjoying. I haven't seen the second one yet. I don't get to watch things as quickly as I would like now, but that may change in the future. But I'm probably going to watch it tonight <laughs> when I get home. I'll probably yeah. see it today, which is which is good. Let's do a little on this day in history while we're talking about it. On this day in history, January eighth, nineteen o two, New York State Assemblyman Francis G. Landon gets a bill passed to criminalize men for turning around on a street and quote looking at women in that way unquote on this day in history. I have wow. no idea what that means. Looking at women in that way. That way. Admiration. Well, thank goodness, respect. laws are so less vague now. <laughs> they write a, an ordinance or something. It's like, I don't like the way that you look, so I'm going to criminalize it if mm. you're on the street. So, what, what, what way did I look? I turned around and I thought I knew her. <laughs> What's going well, on? Well, at least it was a one-sentence law instead yeah. of a 900-page bill. <laughs> 1966, the year I was born, on January the 8th, on the day in history, the Beatles' Rubber Soul album goes to number one and stays there for six weeks. Well, it's the Beatles, of course. That's cool. 1968, on the day in history, Jacques Cousteau. Mm. Jacques Cousteau's first undersea special on USA Network TV made a Big splash Duh, bum, day, bum. which was great. The whales go, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> 1993, on this day in history, Chaplin 
starring Robert Downey Jr., opened on this day in history, which I thought was a great movie about Charlie Chaplin, a biopic about Charlie Chaplin, directed by Sir Richard Attenborough, uh, the old man from Jurassic Park, which is, he's been in a lot of other things, but he's in one of my favorite movies from 1966 called uh, Flight of the Phoenix. I love that movie with Jimmy Stewart, where they build the airplane in the desert and get it out of there, which I thought was great. They remade it, but the original, one of the, one of the earliest movies I watched on television as a kid, remember mm-hmm. it and loved it. Birthdays today include Stephen Hawking, English physicist, born in Oxford. England. He died in 2018. Today is Larry Storch's birthday, American comedian from the aforementioned F Troop that we were talking about earlier with Pat McCormick. Uh, he was on the Larry Stort show, and God, he's been. If I were to name every TV show he was involved in, we'd be here all day. He was in episode, take a while. episodes of Gomer Pyle. He was in the. Uh, remember when uh, we watched the movies that made us about Ghostbusters? They had the, the possibility of having to call it Ghost Breakers because they couldn't obtain the rights to the filmation Ghostbusters show. Larry Storch fil- was was the star of that show, Ghostbusters, the 1975 TV show, along with Forrest Tucker, his buddy from F Troop. Today is the King's birthday today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Elvis Presley, American singer and king of the rock and roll. I thought Chuck Berry was the king of rock and roll, but that's just my opinion. Born in Tupelo, Mississippi, he died in 1977. I remember that well because Elvis died around the same time my grandmother died, and which is so weird in my family. Some of my family were such big Elvis fans that Elvis' death overshadowed my grandmother's death, and I thought that was atrocious. I'm like, hmm. wait a minute. Come on. It was just poor timing. And uh, 1956, Elvis's Don't Be Cruel and Hound Dog goes to number one on this day in history as a tie-in and stays number one for a record 11 weeks. Whoa, that's longer than the Beatles. Today is Shirley Bassey's birthday today from uh, uh, Tiger Bay, United Kingdom. She was born in Tiger Bay. She's a Welsh singer. Wow, where do I begin? The Bond songs, Goldfinger, Moonraker, Diamonds Are Forever. The unused Bond song for uh, Quantum of Solace. She's got some of the most incredible singing pipes of anybody I've ever heard. And she's still, her age today, she can still sing that way. She's just a very strong vocalist and singer. I mean, the, the opening mm-hmm. lines of Goldfinger, you, can, you just can't forget it. You know, she's, uh, she's great. Another music birthday today. Today is David, David Robert Jones's birthday today. You know who David Robert Jones is? That's his, real Jones? Name. That's his real name. No, that's a good guess. You're close. David Bowie. David Today Bowie. is David Bowie's birthday. And I st- it's still hard to believe that he died in 2016. We remember it well because we talked about it. Mm. Space Odyssey changes. Ziggy Stardust. Today is director, movie maker, director John McTiernan's birthday today. Great director. Great director. I think still to this day, my favorite John McTiernan movie is, is Predator. I don't know why. And he's so diversified. He can direct Predator, but he can turn around and direct Die Hard. And Medicine Man with Sean Connery, and he can direct the Hunt for Red October. Hunt for Red October, and he can also direct my one of my wife's favorite movies, uh, Thomas Crown Affair with Piers Brosnan, which is a remake of a old heist movie with um, Steve McQueen. Today is National Bubble Bath Day today. <laughs> According to A.C. Nielsen, Mr. Bubble is the number one brand of bath products in the United States, and in 2021, it celebrated its 60th birthday. Take a bubble bath; they're fun. I still do sometimes. <laughs> TMI. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Taking pills is dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. Dangerous? The wrong pill or too many pills can make you sick. Remember, kids shouldn't take any medicine unless it's given to them by a doctor or their parents. I remember Superman. The way 
some business people spend their time has very little to do with a clock. At Apple, we understand that business as usual isn't anymore. That's why we make the most advanced personal computers in the world. And why soon there'll be just two kinds of people. Right. Those who use computers. Yeah, I'll be home for breakfast. And those who use apples. You're listening to BK on the Air. This is Mrs. BK. And I'm not listening now because, well, I sleep in every Saturday morning. But... I'll catch him later on the BK Escape Pod podcast. Now, back to that man of mine, BK on the air. Mwah. Thank you, baby. I appreciate that. You know, 1982, we talked about 1981 last year. It was 2021. We talked about how 1981 will bring up movies and music hits and billboard charts and box office because it was 40 years ago. And we talked about it and we're like, 40 years ago is a good round number to go back. If you go back 50 years ago, for some people, that's a little too far back. And if you go back 20 years ago, well, for us, we're Gen Xers. So 20 years ago to like Alan and I, it's like a couple of weeks ago is the way we think about it sometimes. I mean, t- t- isn't 20 years just passed? Especially when you have kids, yeah. 20 years has passed in a wink of an eye. My so. youngest is 20. So, so <laughs> Right. So going back 20 years doesn't make that big of a difference. We will do it, do it sometimes when we just realize how old 20-something years ago is. But a little montage of the Billboard hits from 1982 as we kick off our celebration this year of 1982.
little uh, little sample for you. 1982 pop <laughs> Billboard chart from 40 years ago. A little a little montage. Oh, it there. hurts. It hurts. What it hurts? Really you okay? Deep down. Are you okay? Below my heart. In the, <laughs> Below my heart. In the cockles of the subcockle area, maybe just to just further down. Okay. Yeah. But those were the movies that really affected yeah. me. I'd already been into Star Wars as a little kid, but yeah. having seen uh, Empire as, in the '80s and then uh, Ghostbusters, not Ghostbusters. Um, '82 would be um, Wrath of Khan. Wrath of Khan. E.T. E.T. Extraterrestrial. Um, yeah. Just such a formative years. Yeah, 82 to 84 was pretty formidable because I graduated in 84. So 82, just some of them you heard there. Uh, I the Tiger by Survivor. I Love Rock and Roll. Joan Jen and the Black Heart. Shared Mickey by Tony Basil. Uh, Rosanna by Toto. We threw Glory in there from Laura Branigan. Uh, Waiting for a Girl Like You from Foreigner Centerfold by Jay Giles Band. I mean, I do. 82, I think, was the height of, yeah. That whole early '80s, the height of my getting on the having that having my boombox, mm-hmm. making sure the batteries weren't dead because I had one that had no AC cord. It was just batteries. It was only. battery like, only. Oh man, yeah. So, and then oh. you had the kind where you could charge you the rechargeable batteries, which after a while were crap. They just never, you know, you recharge them, they last ten minutes, and they were dead right. again. It's just that high school age, junior high to high school, and we remember it well. So there was just a little montage from Billboard's top hits from 1982 because all this year we will remember 1982 being 40 years ago. Like it was crazy. Just do. the other day, I chose, and this is what's cool about the smart speakers. I was just in a, I was just in a thing about having heard a couple of songs by the Cars. I just said, you know, hey uh, Alexa, play the best <clears> of the Cars. <throat> yeah. And for like the next two hours, while I'm in the kitchen doing, it was nothing but just one Cars song after another. And you remembered just about every one of them, I guess. I were. did. What's your favorite Cars song? Which one do you like the best? Um, Drive is one of my all-time favorite songs, which is actually the one song not sung by Rick Ocasek. And it was, yeah, it was Benjamin Orr, the drummer, or was was he the the drummer? I thought it was the bassist. Bassist, Benjamin Orr, who passed away before Rick Ocasek. It's a different car song, though. It sounds different. different. Now, as far as a peppy song is You Might Think. I've always loved Um, that song. You Might Think I'm Crazy, All I Want Is You. I have a soft spot for living in stereo. Well, that's because you remember Fast Times at Ridgemont High. It's in that movie? Is it used in that I'm, movie? I know you, BK. <laughs> I'm very well I, aware what you're talking of the about. Uh, the infamous uh, imagining that, getting out of the, bay, the, the the pool that, scene. That scene in Fast Times at Ridgemont High makes my train whistle blow. Did you hear it? If I heard it all the way over here. <laughs> yeah. Well, 1982, we'll be talking about it 40 years ago, all this year, as we truck right along in 2022. But from the MeTV staff... They put together 10 items that come from 1982 that you might not believe is from 1982. It's a pretty awesome year for movies, music, and television, just like Alan said. Cheers, E.T., Thriller by Michael Jackson, Blade Runner, Tron, Tootsie, Little Red Corvette, Knight Rider, Toto's Africa, which you just heard, Captain Kirk yelling, Gun! And sayings like Mr. T's, I pity the fool, and just say no. Both all entered the vernacular. The 80s fully became the 80s. That year in 1982. They say that the decade don't really become itself until a couple of years into it. When it's 1980, it isn't really 1980 yet. It's still part of 1970s. Right. Or, or sometimes you can start hearing the cusp of it. Yeah, the influences in. of where the music was right. going to shift. But yeah. There was a lot of, well, stuff that that year that made the decade one of the most fondly recalled in history, especially for got people like us who, me, born in the 60s. Did the bulk of my growing up in the 70s and graduated high school in the early 80s. Colas, action figures, sneakers, computers, even smells and scents. Let's turn the clock back 40 years and take a look at 10 memorable introductions. These things came out in 1982. Uh, The first one up is Bud Light. 
Huh. Originally branded Budweiser Light, this locale quaff went with the shortened Bud Light two years later. The beer then introduced Spuds McKenzie, the dog, the bull terrier, who became a pop sensation. And at the end of the decade, in 1989, Bud Light was battling Budweiser, literally, in Bud Bowl ads during the Super Bowl. I bet you remember it well. Yes. Something else introduced for the general public in 1982. <gasps> Compact disc players. Yep. The temporary death of the vinyl began here. Vinyl has had the last laugh, well, until CDs came along and became cool again. Everything comes back around. When introduced, compact disc players were insanely expensive, upwards of near $1,000 uh, if you wanted a real nice one when they first were released. They sold, nevertheless. The Sony CDP-101 was the first commercially released CD player hitting electronic shops in 1982. I did not have a CD player to play CDs on until 1988. That's... When really? I finally got one. It took me a while. That's to, when I graduated high it. school. So, <laughs> well, that's, I bought one to celebrate your graduation. Thank you. I felt <laughs> the, it. I the can next, feel it. The next thing to be, come out in 1982, we're going to look at the Commodore 64. Yeah. IBM calls this a personal computer and says a person can afford it, yet it's over $1,500. Apple says computing is a revolution that can't be missed, but at $1,530, you could miss it. Atari says computers are now within reach. Well, the Commodore 64 has more built-in memory than the others, and it's under $600. So, while everyone else talks about the revolution that's coming, you can experience the revolution that's here. Yeah. For many Gen Xers, the Commodore 64 was their first personal computer. It's said that between 12 and 17 million units were sold. The 64 stood for 64 kilobytes of RAM. We just typed that sentence on a computer with 16 gigabytes of RAM, <laughs> just to tell you what that meant. Excuse just me. to show you how far we've come. So, yeah. The next thing, 1982, to come out, a soft drink, another soft drink, Diet Coke. The original wave of Diet Cola splashed into supermarkets in the 60s. Pepsi had its patio, which quickly named Diet Pepsi uh, after that. Coke offered up Tab, which all those were horrible, by the way. Anything sweetened with saccharin, I think they were trying to go, you know, what's the worst tasting stuff we can put in it so people won't drink it. It would be another 15 years or so until Coca-Cola decided to just sell Diet Coke in stores. So, yeah. Say what you want about diet drinks. Diet Coke started in 1982. Uh, we said scents and smells were a big part of the 80s. Well, in 1982, a men's cologne debuted called, you want to guess which one it was out Jacar. of all this? You're right. Jacar, Jacar Noir. Noir. <laughs> ah, the smell of so many teenage dates in college. It's today's Axe Body Spray. It is, spray. and I tried to wear it, and I'm like, I hate this stuff. It's terrible. I mean, if, if something smells bad, I'm not going to wear it. But now I usually, I know what to Jacar do Jacar was huge, though. It Everyone was. wore it. It is. And I don't even know if they still sell it. I, I yep, have to look and they see. Still they do. I let, uh, when you get older in life, you get a little wiser and a little smarter. So, do you know, I don't pick out my cologne. My better half does because she's got to smell it, too. And I'm like, well, if you think it smells good, I'll wear it. And she never picks one that I don't like. I never understood this, but there is a true statement to this. Whether it's perfume or cologne, it changes just slightly with your scent. It does. So sometimes when you smell it in the bottle versus when you smell it on, it could be different enough. You need to always try it. And I may may spray some Dracar Noir on my wrist. And it smells different from when I spray it on Alan's wrist. I was wrist. young because that was everything my brothers were all. I'd spray a puff every night on my pillow to fall asleep. Like, I smell so good. Now, what was the other one? I didn't have Jakar a lot. I wore, wore Stetson. Remember that one? That was the other 80s one. But it wasn't 82. That's though, the one where you got your dad. For That's right. An Aqua Velva. From 
came High Karate. Oh, my Lord. Speaking of more 1982 stuff when we come back. Stay tuned. Within the black, there is a power. Draconois. Immense fragrance by Guy La Roche, Paris. Feel the power. The sleek Draconois telephone, just $21.50 with any $16 purchase. Available at Lazarus. Give it up! Podcast Magazine presents The Hot 50 Countdown. Hi, it's Rob Actis, host of the podcast magazine Hot 50 Countdown. Join me as I count them down from 50 to number one, the top 50 podcasts in the land as determined by you, the podcast fans. From true crime, society and culture, self-help, health and fitness, science, and every podcast category in between, the Hot 50 Countdown is here. And don't forget to vote for BK on the Air as one of your favorite podcasts at podcastmagazine.com. Yo, go! He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe. America's daring, highly trained special mission force. Its purpose, to defend human freedom against COBRA, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. He never gives up, he'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. give up he'll stay until the fight is won there's a little gi joe a real american hero for you there it's bk on there we're back i thought i'd come in with that because we're we're continuing our list we've been talking about before we went to the break 10 extremely 80s products introduced in 1982 40 years ago and gi joe a real american hero is another one of those things boomers had their gi joe the foot tall Mm -hmm. america's moving fighting man dolls introduced two decades later their kids would play with their far more fantastic miniature Joes that were smaller, now dubbed a real American hero. The Joes now had their adversaries, Cobra and other people. The cartoon, which you just heard, would follow a year later. You know, the more you know, G.I. Joe. Now, in the 70s, I had the fuzzy head-bearded G.I. Joe, the adventure team Joes. Yeah, I had the I little used. guys. But um, <laughs> It was like Eddie Murphy. Like, you see how they, they're, they're so angry now as action figures? They're mad because they used to be 12 inches tall, right. 12 <laughs> a foot tall. Now they're 3 inches. You could actually make them battle the giant G.I. Joes, like those are mutant guys that are attacking <laughs> them. Or the smaller Joes were the mutants. I, they were the well, smaller I collected G.I. Joe <clears throat> characters. I thought it was so cool to have all well, these different characters and all their different designations and skills. I thought it was an awesome show. Well, they, they reinvented it for kids in the 80s and, and i think they had to because maybe they were fledging sales or something like that because they turned gi joe into it wasn't an individual it, it was the team name yeah so right. it wasn't really one guy and the so. thing it had that same animation style that you use for transformers so they it was usually uh, were done by a japanese company yeah it was very anime looking in loved the way. it yeah. loved it and you know what what brought in something that if you were an anime watcher you were already used to it but for me growing up cartoons were episodic each one was by itself standalone its own story yeah all of a sudden, G.I. Joe or Transformers, 
you kind of brought things along as if there was a bigger a story arc, right? And characters that have that if if they you know were damaged, they could still be damaged in the next episode, or if they were trying yeah. to look for something, it could take them several episodes to find it. And I, the- as a kid, I was like, that's amazing. It's like an adult TV show, but it's cartoons for kids. Yeah, the characters were endless, though. The figures, uh, they had one that I like called uh, Star Duster. He wore a jetpack, you know, and had a laser. You know, he could go out into the atmosphere with his helmet on and his spacesuit and shoot. There was one named, I think it was a G.I. Joe named Mutt, who was a sergeant, who had a dog with him. And I'm like, that was perfect. You know, you get a dog with this figure, which is great. 1982, G.I. Joe, a real American hero. The next up, 1982, in the arcade, you went to play a video game, you could play a lot of them, but the one that debuted in 1982 was Pac-Man's Girlfriend. This is Miss Pac-Man. Pac-Man the first sequel Miss. to the global sensation Pac-Man arrived in 1982 and gave the yellow ghost chopper a lover. Mrs. Pac-Man improved on the game in every way. More warp tunnels, bouncing fruit, smart adversaries. It was a banner year for video games. The peak of the first wave of gaming, 1982. Also arriving in arcades and cartridges that year uh, were Cubert, Pitfall, Burger Time, Dig Dug, Zaxxon, and many, many more in the arcade. And I mm. I liked every one of those. I couldn't find, you know, depending on where you lived, you didn't get to see all the video games. You're like, oh, this they've got that video game where he lives, but it didn't have it where I lived. I couldn't. I, I had the hardest time finding uh, Burger Time. I saw it a lot on yeah. commercials and stuff. I'm like, I didn't really see that one until a few years later at another arcade. So, But everywhere else, Zaxxon, where you're flying the, the space shuttle-looking thing, like yeah, a 3D like thing. a 3D landscape. It was really fun, really fun. Loved Zaxxon. Um, Played a lot of it. Next up, 1982, Nike Air Force One came out in 1982. Sneakers, sneaker freak culture arguably begins here in 1982. The Air Force One, yes, named after the president's plane, remained a coveted icon in basketball and fashion. It was the Velcro strap, you know, that was Nike Air (laughs) Force One. Later on, they made fun of you if you had Velcro sneakers they're like right. oh you can't tie your shoes <laughs> that's, what, that's what was on them you know i don't think i wore velcro ones for very long uh, another soft drink it's funny how diet coke premiered in 1982 well guess what pepsi free debuted in 1982 as well most know pepsi free because of the moment in back to the future marty finds himself <laughs> back in a diner in 1955 he asked for a pepsi free the disgruntled chef spits back if you want a pepsi you're gonna have to pay for it it still exists today, in a way. It's simple, caffeine-free Pepsi today, but Pepsi-free just sounds cooler. Maybe too many people weren't paying. I don't know. <laughs> That's why they, I just love hey, the it's free. irritation. It's free. Like, give me a tab. I can't give you a tab. You haven't ordered anything yet. <laughs> Do you have anything without sugar in it? Sure. No sugar? Coffee. <laughs> Which tastes better than tab, even without sugar, in my opinion. I love it. Homer Homer's sitting at his computer, and he's like, To start, press any key. Where's the any key? I see esk, catarl, and pick up. There doesn't seem to be any any key. Whew. All this computer hacking is making me thirsty. I think I'll order a tab. <laughs> Homer. Got one more from Ooh. 1982. Runts. Do you remember runts? Yes, little candies. Like shape of a lemon. No, excuse me. Yeah, lemon, yes. lime, cherry, and a banana. When the candy launched in 1982, they came in banana, cherry, strawberry, orange, and lime flavors. flavors. Runts. I don't think I ever tried runts. But I tell you which one I do love. I don't. It wasn't. In, it came out in '82. It came out much later. There was a candy that came out called Warheads. Do you ever had a Warhead? 
They're so incredibly sour, yeah, like yeah, yeah. apple, yeah. that it will make you pucker. It's almost painful how sour it is. Oh. But why do we love that? I guess it's just a tingle and a sensation for our taste buds is what it is. It's just we like that. You can give a little kid an incredible, like a little warhead, and they'll make the horrible face like, Mm-hmm. Oh, that's terrible. But give me some more. Yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. We love, love them. We love I that. still, to this day, will get extreme Sour Patch Kids. Don't you love that like stuff? The Sour Patch Kids are the new I thing. I love that My stuff. kids were like, more Sour Patch Kids sour. Well, guess what? We're going to do this out of order. Instead of continuing to do some articles that I have here that I can easily post on Facebook or do next week and, and say, oh, we'll, we'll get to the quiz, and then we run out of time and we don't get to the quiz, we're going to do the quiz right now. Okay. And if it goes over to the next break, we'll just keep going. We talked about this earlier, and you got to, after the quiz, you can uh, tease people. You found out about a video pinball machine you can tell everybody about, yep. too, before the program's over today, which is cool. We both love pinball machine. This is from MTV, and I wanted to do it. Just give the quiz to Alan, because it's fun. It's just do a quiz with Alan. Because <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. Uh, and I took this one, too, by the way, and I got like two or three of them wrong, which, and it was which one of those where. I'm going to get a lot Here's wrong. the thing. Here's the quiz. Were these video games first released before or after 1982? And the ones I was getting wrong is like a one-year difference one way or the other. I'm like, no, I didn't know that. Which of these classic video games are over 40 years old or less than that? The year 1982 was a turning point for video games. We've talked about it a little bit. The most well-known games came out in the mid-80s, but a few famous franchises date back to the 70s. Here are 12 video games. Can you guess which one came out before the landmark 40 years ago, which is 1982, and which ones came after? First up, Pong. Was Pong before 1982 or after? Well before. Well before. You are correct, sir, on that one. Next up. Okay, at least I knew one. I feel good about that myself. Tough. You'll do better than that. Next, next up, do you remember the fighting game Street Fighter, the yes, first one? that was after. Was it before 82 or after? After. After, and you are putting in the answers here. You are correct. Another good one. Two in a row. You're on a roll, baby. You're on a roll. I, I like really Street Fighter. Rah, rah. Do you remember before Street Fighter, they had one called Karate Champ, which was a little more archaic, but it was fun, too. Next up, the aforementioned Pac-Man. That was before... Before 1982. All right, you got that one right. Before 1982, let's squeeze in before the break. We'll go to uh, The Legend of Zelda. Before 1982 or after? After. You said definitely after. You are correct. Space Um, Invaders. Before. Before. That was easy. (laughs) Okay, you're on a a roll so far. We're going to take a break, and we'll come back with... with I want to end right now. I'm I'm perfectly... No, come on. We're going to go just a little bit further. I look like a genius. (laughs) Wiley Coyotes. <laughs> you got five right in a row. But I will tell you this. The five that you just got right, I got right, too. So Aww. guess what? You got some See? challenges Aww. coming up. What could you let me I have my moment? throw water on your, uh, your I don't parade. get very many moments, as you Rain know. On your parade. I know. <laughs> we'll return after these messages. From just beyond your imagination comes Omnibot, the fully programmable robot with a memory. Omnibot, he walks, he talks. Hi, cutie. Amaze your friends. Wow! Intense! Refreshments, Earth-type snacks. Impress your teacher, impress your girlfriend. Omnibot, there's romance. Take my heart. He's the lean, mean, pop-and-breakin' music machine. Yes, it's Omnibot, the fully programmable robot, available now in your neighborhood. You, from Tommy. The name of the game is Connect Four. Gotcha. Four cross. Hmm. One more game. Object, connect four of your checkers in a row while preventing your opponent from doing the same. But look out. Your opponent can sneak up on you and win the game. I won. Where? I can't. Here, diagonally. 
pretty sneaky, sis. You are acting so weird and Connect immature. Four, the vertical checkers game from Milton Bradley. You're listening to BK on the air. Now back to a guy who put me through a lot of pain in childbirth. I'm his mother. I should know, but I love him anyway. It's BK on the air. Thank you, Mom. I love you, too. I'm actually going to see Mom uh, later today when I get off the air here and check out and head west to go hang out with Mom. But she it's, likes the book of Boba Fett. It's my... <laughs> <laughs> Boba Fett. Boba Fett. I don't know Mom would even know who Boba Fett is. You know, I'm like, dang, I got you for Christmas, that Dark Vader that I got dark, you that, that dark back in the Vader. day. She said Dark Vader. She'll, she'll be familiar with Vader. But uh, we're doing a quiz on video games. Whether they came out in '82 or before or after, I got a quick pop-up one here. I'm going to open with a with a video game. When you put a quarter in and press play, you hear this. Can you name that video game? It sounds like Donkey Kong. Same soundboard, I'm sure, yeah. sounds. But uh, I don't know if you remember this or not. But I would play. I was going to play the audio of it because it has a pop up separate from your questions. That's one called Moon Patrol. Oh no, I don't know if you ever played. Do you ever play Moon Patrol? That doesn't oh, ring I did. any that bells. Was one of my favorite games where you controlling this little moon buggy and you had to jump over craters or shoot rocks or fire at the ufos above you in this <laughs> little moon buggy and buddy it was great when i was playing that game in 82 i'm like it's never gonna get any better than this this is so awesome it's like the I'm graphics really are so cool. on the moon I'm on the moon i feel so digitized it's oh. funny i have like little uh sharp edges on the edge of my thing here because it can't make round corners with the graphics <laughs> next up on our 1980 was it 1982 before or after donkey kong Night before 1982 or after 1982? Here's where we get a little interesting now in some of them. I think it's before. Before. Alan says before. You're correct. Donkey Kong was 81. The 81 was the year of Donkey Kong and Indiana Jones. Only if they could have only met each other. That would have been great. You could see uh, Indy throwing big uh, barrels at, <laughs> at the Nazis or something. Next up. Oh, this is a home one for the Nintendo system. Duck Hunt. Do you remember Duck Hunt, where uh-huh. the, you were shooting the ducks? Was it before 1982 or after 1982? I love dogs, but I never wanted to shoot a dog so badly than when, <laughs> when, than when I was playing Duck Hunt, and he would laugh at me I when I missed the after. ducks. You say after 1982. Correct. You are on a roll, man. You are correct. Okay, next up, one of my favorite, if not my favorite, video game, coin-operated video game of the 80s of all time. Asteroids. I oh, played. Before. If I could have the qu- quarters back that I put in an Asteroids games. Oh, the fact that they oh, had my the goodness. physics of drift and, and I was afraid to and, ever move my ship because oh, I'd never yeah. get it back. Or if you hit hyperspace, you don't know where you're going to pop up when oh, you're in God. trouble. Or have later, hyperspace in front of the meteor you were trying to avoid. <laughs> Asteroids Deluxe, the sequel game that came out a few years later, was fun because it had a shield instead of uh, hyperspace, right. you put your shield which was on, great. Yeah. Did you say before on that? I said before. You said before 1982. You're right. Yes. You're you're at 100. percent you really want to stop now, don't you? Uh, <laughs> I always want to stop when do you remember, I'm winning. Do you remember the one where you could play the uh, sorcerer or the uh, or the or the little elf or the? Um, yeah, it was on like a four. It's it called to play Gauntlet. Do you remember Gauntlet? Yeah. When did Gauntlet come out? After. After 1982, I put it in. Oh, released in '85. So yeah, that one was much after. Not too many more. Next up, Dragon's Lair. Oh, after. 
I can't tell you the amount of money I wasted in Dragon Slayer. I did too. And Space Ace too, the other one. Space Ace. Kimmy! And there was another one called Cliffhanger, which was anime that I put a lot of money into. It was other animated games off Laserdiscs. They were fun. Look, and you really I had love, to play them up to a certain point till you learn how to go further. I love further. Dragon's Lair so much that when it came out finally for your computer on CD, yes. I got it and played for like 12 straight hours till I finally memorized every pattern. Because what they would do, yeah. which would tick me off even in the arcade, to just give you some variety, they would mirror swap the scenes. Right. So if your pattern was left, left, right, the next right. time it would be right, right, left. Right. And you'd be like, oh, no, they've swapped it. Because you, you would get so right. used to seeing the start of the animation would pay attention. Right. Okay, is it just a shifted a little left because yeah. it's been swapped mirror? And don't and don't yeah. always count on that little flash to tell you where to go. Sometimes right. something would light up and like, hey, you're grab the rope. Trying direction where to head. Yeah. Hey, my sword lit up. Hit sword. You know, it didn't always work that yeah. way. Uh, next up, Missile Command. Before which was 82. Before 82. Before 92. I loved Missile Command. You're right. Yeah, I played good? a lot okay. in the arcade, and I loved it on the the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Next up, Mario Brothers. Mario Brothers. When did Mario Brothers come out? Was it before eighty two or after eighty two? You're gonna be so sad the first one you miss because you're perfect so far. You're perfect so far. <laughs> I think it's you're perfect so far. You I think the Mario after. Brothers are. After. Is that your final answer? Yes. Okay, you are correct. Nineteen eighty three for Mario Brothers. Uh, guess what? There were only 12 of them. You got 12 out of 12 correct. I, I, I was a gamer. I played video games way too much. <laughs> I still play video games, dude. Can I tell you You about- play more of the new ones than I do because I don't play many of the new ones. You've got actually a video game interesting thing to, 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 to plug th- right now. I think this you? would be something. We could put it on the podcast, like which you're going to do later. Oh, yeah. Because supposedly this it's a company called Zen, Z-E-N. And it's called Pinball FX3. Literally FX and the number three. Pinball FX3. This is supposedly one of the big marketing things behind it is it's cross-platform. So if you created a tournament, let's say you wanted to create a BK on the air tournament. And you had a table. And you have to have the tables, which that's how they make their money. You buy the tables in packages and bundles. It does come with at least two. Yeah, that's it. I'm on the site right now. If you create a tournament and someone has pinball fx3 on their playstation or their xbox or their computer they could still all participate in that tournament oh, not wow. at the same That's time great. yeah but you could go to that table and it will keep track of your high score and see who can win at the end of a three-day five-day nice. seven-day tournament very nice so we've already done that a couple of times with the podcast i do across the way in the uk called the 60 mw guys 60 minutes with yeah yeah we, we've done a couple of tournaments and it's been fun because dave has a playstation he said if i'm playing pinball i'm putting it on my big tv right like, i'm on a pc someone else has an xbox so it's kind of fun to be able to do that i'm looking at some of the screenshots on the web website here at uh it, it's the 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 recreations do look incredibly detailed on there the, that the looks really nice of so the, the pinball game, you tables. feel like you're playing the old the regular games and i play i've played enough pinball to go this finally feels the computer finally got to the point where it feels like i'm playing a real pinball game I mulled around the idea once of buying a, a, some of my friends own pinball machines. They, they have shows where they sell them and everything. And when you price them, you're like, oh, maybe I won't buy one because yeah. they're so high and they take up a lot of room. But I've, I've mulled the idea around of saving up some money and just maybe getting one that I like, you know, for a reasonable price. But if I do this, this might be just this might satisfy my hunger from there doing it because if you buy one you only have one that's the only one you got you can't just buy a bunch of them unless you got a lot of money there are people who have taken um full-size monitors and built cabinets 
to where it feels so the game is and they still use running the monitor on the cabinet. As wow! If it's the full that's pinball, that's nice. Game. That's cool. So you can have multiple tables. But what's really neat is because it is computer, you can change the angle of the table. You can pretend like you're standing over it. Oh yeah. Or like let more level with it. You can actually have it to where it'll follow the ball around. Which is I don't know why you do that. It's a pain in the butt to try to figure out your shots. Right. But yeah, it's give it a try. It's. It's it's cheap. It's fact it's free to download the table. Oh yeah. But then like this past Christmas I bought probably six or seven bundles like some of the Marvel movies based oh, on yeah. pinball. I bought some of the uh, Spider-Man universal ones, ones like I've got the Jaws pinball table which was a lot of fun trying to get the shark to come out and then hit it with the balls. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but I mean th- those are where they make their money but the bundles were on sale like 75% off so instead wow. of being $10 for so a bundle. So you're all in on this thing. You it was love like it. a dollar something so. <clears throat> well, I had my favorites growing up. Um, I there's I don't know if I mentioned a few if you know what they are but if you like pinball look up in your wherever you live there might be a place locally that's a retro uh, arcade place because they're retro now going to play videos in a cabinet Dude, those are happening or in the machines. UK too because I asked yeah. my buddies at the UK yep you they've got these places where rather than paying per quarter. You're you basically pay by, by the, the hour. hour. Yeah, and there's one close to us here in Kennesaw called Portal Pinball. There's a, a few in the Atlanta area, metro area. So check around if you want to go play a, some pinball or some old video games. They're out there. Uh, I loved a lot of the pinball machines from the past. I think uh, one of the first ones I ever played was in 19, it was the mid-70s, called, uh, was it called 8-Ball? Yeah, it was called 8-Ball or Eight Ball Deluxe or something. And living a, in Oakland and doing like no. uh, free base and coke? No, no. It, no, it wasn't that. <laughs> It was it was a it was a shot of a guy with a leather jacket with you know the back art of the backboard you mm-hmm. know, the points were had great art and had a guy playing pool with a girl in the background it was a pool table and it's not because I wanted to play it it was just one of the one one of the three that was at this arcade when I was a kid and it looks just like Henry Winkler as Fonzie playing it without <laughs> saying it's him but it looks just like him it's the first one I ever played first one I ever saw with a digital readout for points it was digital mm, uh, instead of the numbers uh, analog and I played that first. Eight ball pinball machine. Remember it vividly in Rome, Georgia. It was it was a little arcade in Rome that I tried it, and uh, I've since loved the Flash Gordon pinball machine from 1979. Is a cool one. Star Trek: The Motion Picture had one in 19 I think 80. They had one which was good, and I played it a lot. Some of the later ones that got really crazy when they would throw the balls around in these gates and they'd launch five balls at a time. You could get it trapped yep. on two or three levels. One of them was space a space shuttle was a really fun one that did that. And there was one called Whirlwind. Yes, Whirlwind the, and in the Earthquake. Middle, you could yeah, get there it was a start and, and the ball would, would run and across and, blow, and, you know, and there was a would shoot fan on the back of the machine blowing on you when the when the tornado would come out when it would, it would cool you off when you were playing and uh, that one's at Portal Pinball they have a whirlwind there that so is a, I played it's a lot of that really one. cool so nice story about the because uh, usually the, there was one called um, there's a lot of video pinball machines back when you could get video games You're like here play this pinball machine but it's a video game I'm like hey, it's a video pinball it's not the same it's not right. the same but Give you it say a try. this is pretty cool it looks the, great on their website the I think visuals I'll try it out. the effects the, the but more, the most important thing the physics of the game it feels right. like because I'm used to controlling the ball like yeah. slowing it down or giving it a little small and and how hard you hit your shift key will right. determine how hard your power hitting of the your flipper and I'm like this is amazing I'm I've been hooked. And I got the Star Wars package. There was a bundle oh, wow. of Star Wars, and I was playing the Return of the Jedi one. Right. You have all of the sounds from the from the movie. Oh, so they got all nothing's copyrighted. They got all the sounds right. and everything. I mean, it's part of the Star Wars. That's great. Thing. And when you hear the Emperor's like, um, "You've chosen, so be it, Jedi." <laughs> and they, what's kind of neat is they actually can do this with, since it's a, a digital video game versus an actual pinball table. They'll have side table quests. One of the things when you activate the the speeder bikes. You then go to a, like a mini table, 
and you'll have like these different paths and you're oh, wow. and in the meantime you see an animation of like a speeder bike in front of you you're trying to hit the right path to move your speeder behind him then shoot up the middle to shoot him wow <laughs> that sounds so you got these you got these hey, adventures if you get me hooked on. on this i'm gonna blame you for it especially if i spend well, any money what I'm on saying it. is you and i could then have <laughs> tournaments with each other <laughs> play yeah hey i'm pretty I'm, good at I'm regular pinball it. i don't know how good i'll be at this but i was pretty good at pinball i'm digging it uh, depending it's, on the machine well then so. you, here's the thing like the fishtails you get for free remember fishtails yeah yeah it's exactly like the Bally line. They're all wow. recreations of the original Bally tables. Bally and Williams were two of the biggest. Uh, yeah. It's awesome. It, uh, pinball it, it brought back so much. I just played for probably four straight hours just trying to learn that table again. That's great. Well, we've come to the end of another program. Alan, thanks for being here. I always have a good time with you every it's Saturday. It's always good. Uh, uh, we'll see for as long as it lasts. Next Saturday. That's right. I always say that about everything. Nothing's guaranteed. See you on the podcast. We turn it into a podcast on Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, and SoundCloud. It's BK on the Air. Have a great week. Hi. Today you saw why everyone should be given a chance to prove his or her abilities. Don't put someone down just because they're different from you. And don't put a girl down just because she's a girl. When a person's talents are wasted, it's a loss to all of us. See you next week.